Hey, this is Heath Padgett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 83. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast for nomadic entrepreneurs. I'm recording today's episode from just outside of Portland, Maine. We are headed into the airport in a couple hours to go pick up my little sister-in-law who is spending the weekend with us. I think it's her first time to ever fly by herself, so she's a little bit nervous. And it's her first time to just hang out with Alyssa and I in the RV. So I'm excited. I've heard a lot of cool things about Portland, Maine, and we've kind of just been keeping our heads down in a little campground on the coast just an hour outside of Portland, Maine. So today's our first day to go into town and it should be fun. As you guys know, I've been releasing these mini episodes once a week on Friday, and I've been playing around with the format of them since I started doing them earlier this year. And after doing them for a while, Alyssa gave me an idea last week that I loved, and I decided that it would be a simple and valuable framework to put around these episodes. So instead of calling them mini episodes, I'm going to start referring to them as test drives. Ultimately, the long-form episodes that come out on Tuesdays capture the story of a nomadic entrepreneur who's made this transition into living full-time on the road, and I dig into their story and figure out what we can learn from their experience, you know, failures, successes, and all that good stuff along the way. These test drives on Fridays will be short, actionable episodes where myself, Alyssa, or a guest shares a specific experience, business, travel, or RVing related, and what we learned in the process. And this is basically what the episodes have already consisted of, but Alyssa helped me come up with a cool name of test drives, and I think that sounds cooler and it's more relevant to the podcast because you're test driving a business idea or something that you've actually experienced, and we're always driving the RV. Ha ha, get it. So it should be fun. And so from now on, I'm going to be referring to Friday episodes as test drives. Anyway, in today's test drive, I want to talk about how we've scaled client projects and Padgett Creative, which is the name of Alyssa's and my production company, since we've been on the road since 2014, without very much selling at all. We've never been done a lot of direct outreach or selling or anything like that. And I've seen a lot of questions in our Facebook group from people who talk about how they are looking for clients for their photography when they're going to new cities or social media marketing. I mean, any service business obviously needs clients to survive. And I know that each of these categories are going to be different and have different tactics, i.e. you need to have a presence on wedding wire or the knot if you're a wedding photographer. But I want to talk about the more broad strategies that I think will work across multiple industries. And since it helps to have context as to what type of client relationships we've had, I'll give you guys a little breakdown of the types of projects that we've worked on over the past few years. And it's changed a lot. So one of those areas is video courses. We've helped film and produce a lot of video courses for people such as Maxilis, Job Ginny, Paul Angoni, Jia Zhang. You may have heard of some of these names. You probably haven't heard of many of these names. Jia Zhang is a author who wrote a book called Rejection Proof. He had one of the most watched TED Talks last year called 100 Days of Rejection, What He Learned Overcoming the Fear of Being Rejected. Paul Angoni is a published author through a traditional publisher. Uh, he has a couple books out. One is called 101 Secrets for Your 20s. Job Jenny and Maxless are both Portland-based and they are career experts. And so we worked with people like this to help them package up their expertise and launch a course. So we filmed it. We helped give them editorial advice as they were crafting the content that went inside their course. And so we would give them feedback and say, this lesson's good, this one's not good. And then we'd actually fly to their location and we'd sit down for a week, you know, break out our video equipment, our lighting and all that good stuff, have a teleprompter, and we would actually film their courses in person. Then we edit them, add in all the slides, help them market and launch them. So when I say video courses, that's a type of client project that we had. Again, so you guys have contacts. 
Another type of client that we've had over the past few years has been strictly video production projects. We filmed conferences like World Domination Summit, smaller boutique conferences like a writing workshop in Nashville that we filmed for our friend Jeff Goins a couple years ago, promo videos, everything from speaking reels, and we recently started doing a series of campground videos for the Jellystone Parks this summer. And you can go watch a couple of those Jellystone videos on Facebook if you feel compelled to sit and watch a two-minute video about a kid's Jellystone Park. They're actually pretty cool. We had a lot of fun. We've also done marketing consulting, and consulting is probably the most vague word in and of itself. But for instance, I'm doing some marketing right now for Winnebago, and I can't really talk about a ton of it yet. I can once we go through this process and we can share it because it's all out in the open. And uh, also doing some work with a company called Outdoorsy, peer-to-peer RV rental. I've had them on the podcast before, helping them source content and writers for their blog. Again, you guys have contacts. And then we have done just blogging for companies like Winnebago and GoRVing and GoodSam and, and others in the industry. And again, our client work has changed and morphed over the past years, but our goals when working with clients have stayed the same. So other than to provide value for them and to bring in revenue for our business, our goal is to work with people who we like spending time with. So for us, this means we've never sent out a ton of email blasts or cold calls or anything like that to land clients. Because for us, it's not about scale. It's about finding clients where we can provide value and who we don't mind spending a lot of time with. If we're working with them on launching a course, for instance, this is going to be you know three to six month projects and sometimes longer if they want to do more courses. We worked with Jellystones now. We've been working with them for six, seven, eight months. And so you know if there are people that suck to work with, we don't want to work with them. So just blindly reaching out to a ton of people is not something that we want to do. So looking back over our client work from the past few years, I wanted to share six of the things that we've done that I feel has helped allow us to continue growing that base of work. The first thing is I'm constantly reaching out and building relationships with brands and companies whose product I like, even if it's just to give them a compliment and tell them I really like their product. We stayed at a Jellystone Park a year and a half ago. I shot them an Instagram message, said, hey, I love your park. I'd never been to one because I thought they were just for kids, but it turns out it's really cool. And six months later, they got back to me and said, you know what, we were in busy season, but thanks for reaching out to us. I checked out your blog. And you know, then we began a dialogue and we found out that they were looking to ramp up their video and that they were interested in tapping into the you know millennial community, the upcoming generation of our viewers. So they sponsored our conference. We wrote some blog posts for them. And it's turned into a really great relationship both ways. And I've done this in a few other scenarios as well, but it's just this works because it's a really authentic way of reaching out. Like I'm using your product right now. I'm staying at your park. I'm using your service, whatever it happens to be. And I wasn't reaching out to them and saying, hey, I want to sell you on this because honestly, they probably wouldn't have reached out to me unless it was a really amazing offer and they had just been looking for it and the timing worked and everything. Instead, I just sent a genuine response because one thing I've learned is that if you're reaching out to a company because you like what they're doing and they're big enough for you to know what they're doing, they're probably getting a lot of messages. Everybody's selling to them. Just getting more involved in the Winnebago community, I realized that you know everybody from the Kardashians are reaching out to companies like this to try to get an RV. So if you can actually reach out with an authentic voice and say, I love you know what you guys are doing, I'm a user, I'm a customer, I think it really enhances the chance of you opening up a relationship with them because you're not immediately reaching out and asking for something. You're saying, I'm a customer, I love what you're doing, and everyone loves to be flattered. And so this just works. And I haven't done this in a way where I'm trying to get customers for everybody, or I knew there was gonna be a client relationship down the road. I just created this habit of sending compliments to these types of companies and opening dialogues with them, because you can. I mean, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere, you know, it's just, it's really easy to do this nowadays. The second thing we've done is always try to get referrals for going above and beyond 
One thing is when we were filming a lot of course projects a couple years ago, whenever our clients would launch their course, we would send them a bottle of champagne. It was a really small thing, but it made a big difference. If they had to fly in, we would get them a card and have them a little package, you know, like goodies and chocolate and things like that. So whenever they get there, there's a little bit extra. These weren't things we had to do, but just go a little bit above and beyond and show them that we really cared and it worked. Uh, we were able to get a lot of referral clients, not just because we send them gifts or <laughs> champagne, but because we showed up and did our job and executed on it. And number three is to be patient. We opened up a dialogue with Winnebago a couple years ago because we were looking for a new RV. We had been driving our 94 RV around the country for a year and a half. It was old, it had some leaks, and a little bit of other wonky things that were going wrong with it. And we wanted to get a new RV, but I also at this point knew that I wanted to be involved more in the camping in the RV industry for quite a while. And I thought it might be cool to immerse myself in with a company like Winnebago because you never know what types of opportunity can come up down the road. And maybe there's even opportunity to work past, you know, just content exchanges and things like that. So whenever we had the first contact, I met a guy named Don Cohen, who is the Go Life Winnebago editor and for their blog. And we started building a relationship first over Skype. Then we met up with them because we went through Denver. And it turns out we took a mini Winnie up to Alaska for our 50th state with my grandparents. And uh, we wrote a blog post for them and hustled to push that out there to our networks. And eventually we were able to get a content partnership with them. And it has led to more and more client work down the road. I don't think it would have worked out if right off the bat we had tried to jump in and sign them and ask them for something because it just doesn't work like that. It takes time to build those relationships and make sure that you're both in a place where it makes sense. And I think we've been able to do this in various areas because one, as I mentioned, it takes time to build that relationship. And oftentimes there needs to be a project, a vessel where the timing works out just right, where we have a skill that we can offer them for a project that they're currently putting money into. And we've been able to land so many of these partnerships because for us, we happen to be around and in a conversation with them and have a relationship with them when that project required our skill set. So we were the first one that came to mind. So if you're just reaching out, sending a ton of cold calls and emails and things like that, you may be able to get lucky and land a client, but they have to be in that perfect timing that they're looking for somebody with your skills. And so for us, it's been finding and identifying people who we'd like to work with and build a long-term relationship with. And then we kind of stick it out. And then whenever there's a project that kind of fits what we're looking for, we are there. Number four, be clear there's a way you can provide value for them based off your experience and skill set. A couple years ago, my friend Catherine from Best Self Journal was launching a course, and she reached out to Alyssa and I to work on one specific element of that course, which was to put together the format of the content that was going in the course. So basically help her with editing and revising the lessons because they were filming in two weeks. So they didn't actually need us for any of the creative elements. She already had all the content down, and she already had videographers filming the course, and she just had a small sliver of budget that she could put just to editing and feedback of the lessons and the formatting of the content. And even though we'd done this for other clients, we knew that a lot of the value that we had provided was in the video elements. So even though it probably would have been a couple grand project, I told her that you know she had launched a couple successful Kickstarters. I really thought she'd be okay without us and she didn't need us. And so maybe it was dumb to kind of give up on the money in the moment, but I also didn't want to pitch her on something that I honestly didn't feel like she needed. Instead, I just spent 30 minutes with her on the phone and I just said, hey, look, you can you know put all your stuff together like this and here's how we've done it. But I honestly think you can do it better by yourself because it just in my heart, it didn't feel like it was something that was worth her time to hire us that she could knock out on her own because I knew she could do it. And I feel this has worked for us because it makes you feel good about your work because when you do finally pitch somebody, you pitch them because 
you know there's a clear way you can provide value. Every time I've ever sent a project proposal over to a client, I always say, you know, here's all the deliverables and here's why this project makes sense for you. And I'm always thinking about their business. The fifth way is by consistently creating content and storytelling on what we're doing for clients. This has been really big for us. So anytime we're shooting a video for a client, anytime we're working with them on any type of project, we're documenting it throughout the way. We're not sharing secrets or anything about their business in particular, but if we're on set with them, we're taking photos, we're documenting our journey, we're blogging about it, we're talking about it on the podcast or whatever, because then we're sharing this out there with our friends and our connections and our community. And this allows anybody else who could use those skill sets to eventually hire us if they ever have a similar project. They see what we're doing, they get to check out our work, and then eventually it could lead to more and more projects just by documenting what we're learning along the way. We're not trying to say we are the best, we are the end-all be-all at this, but you know we're getting more projects, we're getting more clients, and it puts you more front of mind, I think, when people are thinking about this. So even if you know somebody in particular who saw that wasn't hiring for a project, maybe they have friends who are hiring or something to that. And it kind of just creates this network effect where people start associating with you with that thing you're doing. And so I think that that's been really helpful for us. And the last thing is we're constantly experimenting and growing our marketable skills that we can charge for. A few years ago, I really didn't have a huge desire to build a service-based business. And to be honest, I still don't. I want to build up Campground Booking, which is a software-based product. And the service is kind of a means to an end as we're getting to that point. And I, but I've enjoyed a lot of the clients that we've worked with. And even within the last year or two, our niche of client work has changed as we've shifted and grown that skill set. For instance, earlier this year during our RV Entrepreneur Summit, we hosted a live stream where we live stream the entire conference on Facebook. You can still go and link. We'll link up to that in the show notes and you can check that out. But this year, we're actually going to be launching a live stream for Winnebago to reveal some of their new RVs that they have coming out for their 2018 models. And they got the idea from this from our RV Entrepreneur Summit, which is very cool. And so I'm working with them on some of the behind the scenes, some of the logistics, setting up the video team, the crew, the live stream, and all that good stuff, and promoting Winnebago leading up to the live stream of their launch. This is something really new in the RV industry. It hasn't been done before. And I'm excited about it. And the only reason that we got this project was because we tried something new and got the experience in the first place. And the same thing with video courses earlier on. We didn't really go out and intentionally say, we're going to build a client business around filming video courses. We just filmed for a few people. Others saw what we were doing. They liked the work and then we got hired to do more. But I think this can be replicated if you're just intentional about building skills that you can market and that you can charge for over time. And the last thing I'd say about working with clients is that up until this point, they've all started crawl, walk, run, meaning that we do something small for them. We build that relationship over time. And as trust grows on both sides, we decide we like working together. We can scale to bigger and bigger projects. All right, that's all for today's test drive on client work. If you guys have any ideas on test drives that you'd like me to do for particular things that are within our skill set or people that you follow online, you know, on Instagram or anything like that, shoot me a message at Heath and Alyssa on Instagram, and I would love to hear from you guys. I'll see you all next week on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.